to FBL Head versus Heart. I'm Pete. And I'm Dave. I'm not going to lie to you, Dave. I've not really paid much attention to FPL, and I think it's because of the way this, this game week was structured over two weeks. Yeah, bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. And I, I, I've, I've paid more attention recently to the AFCON. Um, games so much more exciting than the Premiership anyway. Also dabbled in the AFCON fantasy football, which I'm doing a lot better in than oh, FPL. Wow. Given it's that not, I know nothing um, nothing about African football, it probably says a lot. But it's not going to plan, though, is it? I mean, one of the standout teams has been Cape Verde. Yeah, yeah. They've been good. So I've had one of their players in my team. Um, I've, I've, read, I've read a few things about predictions. So Tunisia, for instance, were, uh, were, were like one of the best defences going into the tournament. But they some people suggested they're going to have a bad tournament and they've had a pretty bad tournament. Um, you look at Egypt, a country that you've all heard of, and Salah and all that. Again, not actually massive, massive massively fancied by the people who who are in the know. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's been a bit of a bit you of a strange can't one. Get enough, can you? You can't get enough of fantasy football. <laughs> well, I needed something to distract myself from this absolute shambles of a season that that both of us are having. Yeah, uh, relatively speaking. I mean, this so this week in our head to head, I took a. Well, I won 47-35, I think the final score was. Mm. But when you're looking at some of the scores that came in this week, 60s, 70s, people in our head-to-head, sorry, in our mini-league, everybody seemed to have almost the same team and the same players. And the the ones that did well are the the two three or three players that we didn't have and didn't captain. So and I think that's we, where where my team was really let down because it was structured over two game weeks or two, two week the game week was structured over two weeks. When players scored, I was thinking, "Oh, that's good. I've got them in." For some unknown reason, I was absolutely sure that I had Jota in my team, and I was absolutely <laughs> sure that I'd captain Palmer. Mm-hmm. Neither could be further from the truth, and massive letdown. Even to the fact that I thought, "Well, Bowen's not going to play, so I don't even need to change my subs around." I had Branthwaite on the bench, who would have brought me six points in. And then at complete shock, Bowen starts against Sheffield United. <laughs> just let's not talk about that game either. Um, yeah, it's just really disappointing game week again, and I've slipped further down the table. I'm, I'm in the race for the wooden spoon, Dave. <laughs> yeah, one of, our, one of our colleagues, Jack, who's edited his team three or four times a season, he's up to about 15th or 16th in the league. And we're about, are you still about 30th? 30th now, mate, yeah. 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 You have to properly scroll to reach where I am, mate. <laughs> so this week all came down to three things, which two of which you've mentioned. Did you have Gabrielle? And the answer for both of us is no. Mm-hmm. But everyone else in our league seemed to have him. Yeah. Have you got Saliba? I've got Saliba, yeah. So we've got the more expensive, apparently the more reliable Arsenal defender. Yeah. And actually coming away with six points is not too bad. But when your compatriot comes away, 17 points. That's an 11 point loss immediately just on that one player. Um, did you have Jota? No, well, I thought I did, but clearly when yeah. I logged in, I did not. And then our last podcast, that was somebody that we talked about, pointed him out as being the yeah. ultimate differential player. Yeah. I don't know what happened in my decision making process to end up not going for him because no. I spoke to my mate Ross. About him, he's like, oh, I love that. I'm going to get him in. He got him in, got his 19 points. That would have been the thing that would have helped us catch up, make up the difference for not having Gabriel, because yeah. no one in our league has got Jota. And they will um, have now. 
they will have now. Yeah. So we're, by the time we get them, it will just be it'll be pointless. So mm. yeah. Anyway, the other shot and- for me, Dave, and we, we we spoke about it. And forgive me if I'm treading on your toes here. I didn't watch the Crystal Palace Arsenal game. Saw the result and was rubbing my hands together, thinking points, points, points. Mm-hmm. They win five nil, and Saka doesn't score or assist any of them. Yeah, that he almost got an assist for one of the Gabriel goals, but Gabriel headed it and it bounced off the keeper and went in, giving us an own goal. So Which we lost the assist for that. Oh, Are we saying yeah. if a, if a keeper gets a hand to it that it's an own goal? Is that what we're saying now? Must be. It must be. So, anyway, that that deprived him of his of his uh, of his points. But yeah, the, when you look at the score sheet, and you see Gabriel two goals or one goal and an own goal of the keeper, and then you see Martinelli who didn't even start. He came on in about the seventieth minute, scored two goals, ninety third, ninety fourth minute. Yeah. It's just like what? How on earth can you play this game? With any kind of enjoyment, I, I just, I, I, beyond me. Um, I've seen quite a few things on social media about how Saka was always going to be a bad pick. He was never going to get anything. Palmer was the right choice, or you could have gone brave and gone somebody else else this week. Um, I just want to dispel a couple of those myths. Firstly, people went for Foden this week, didn't do anything. Um, if you look at predictions, Saka and Palmer were predicted to get exactly the same number of points going forwards. Now, Saka has been in better... Sorry, Palmer has been in better form, but he scored a penalty, right? Saka is on penalties for Arsenal. The only difference between those two players is that one got a penalty and one didn't. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was ridiculously more creative. And if you look at his expected goals, Palmer's expected goals outside of penalties, then it was the same as Saka. So that there was actually no difference between those two players. It was just one was lucky enough to get a penalty um, and one and one wasn't. So in reality, it might look like Saka was a bad pick, but I don't think he was any different at pick to Palmer. They were both as creative. They both take penalties. It was just, it's just 50-50. It's one of those things that's gone wrong. Um, again, Gabriel versus Saliba, it's tough. It's just tough for the people that have paid a bit more money, thinking you get more points. Actually, the reason you, we brought Saliba in was because Gabriel had started being rotated earlier in the season. Yeah. He didn't make the first few matches. Uh, he looks as locked on now as, as he always has done. But if we switch Saliba to Gabriel, we are just effectively taking a four-point hit to bring in a player that everyone else has already got. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, is it worth it? Do we just keep with Saliba and hope that he scores one week? He's a bit more of a differential to us now. I don't, I don't know what the right answer to that is. Um, one big thing that did happen though and I think this is probably the reason I didn't bring Jota in is that the the general consensus and this was me being swayed a little bit by what I read online is that we will know so much more about how the rest of the season is going to look by the time the next game week deadline comes in which is a confusing one it's a midweek one it's on Tuesday about six o'clock because the the next round is midweek fixtures and the reason that's important is because the FA Cup fourth round will have been completed. So we will know what the draw is for that. And we will mm-hmm. know if there's any teams, say Man City, Chelsea, whoever, um, have got easy fixtures in that in that next round, they're then likely to get through to the quarterfinals, which means they'll have a blank game week guaranteed, about week 29, week 30, I forget which one it is. So it's really important that we know what, what's going to happen with those uh, with those fixtures because we can then shape our teams 
for the rest of the season. It might be that we all we can actually do a wild card very early and not suffer because the players that we'll that we want will actually play in that big blank game week that's going to happen in about week twenty nine, week thirty. Um, or the opposite, it might be that all of the good teams, the players like Man City and and all of those teams that we we have players that we want in our team, um, that they all blank in that same game week. In which case, that might change our our strategy of how we're going to use our wild card and our bench boost and all of those kind of things, and that will all be decided before this deadline on Tuesday. So I wanted to keep um, Salah in my squad just in case Egypt weren't as good as people thought they were going to be, which they haven't been. Problem with Salah is that he picked up an injury, so yeah. Salah is now potentially going to be out for another month. Uh, which means he's going to miss the next... It's a good four to five game weeks. Um, the other thing to add into the mix is that it's the Carabao Cup semi-finals. There's one tonight, Chelsea Middlesbrough uh, tomorrow. Um, you've got Liverpool, who are favourites against Fulham. If Chelsea and Liverpool get through, that means they will miss weeks 26 because that, that will then become a blank for them. But it does mean then that Chelsea will get another double game week at some point later in the season. But it also means Liverpool will double in week 25, so the week before. This is a really crucial part of the season. So think about that. We've got Man City, who have already got a confirmed double game week in week 25. Brentford, so you're looking at Ivan Tony, double mm-hmm. game week confirmed yeah. week 25. Well, very likely. Liverpool, very likely to have a double game week in week 25. Now, you're looking at that, so you're going to have you're going to want three Liverpool players in in your squad for that, whether that be Darwin, Jota, uh, Trent, uh, Allison, maybe I, I don't know who else, Diaz possibly. Um, if you get three players in for that double game week, week twenty six, they're going to have a blank if they get through to the Carabao Cup final. So you're then going to want to take them back out. So is it worth putting them in if you're going to then have to spend points to get them back out? Mm, don't know. Really, really good point that. Mm-hmm. Good point that. And so this is where the season gets a bit crazy. So we've had a very a, a big lull in January. Um, and the last game week has dragged out. I haven't enjoyed this one in particular, especially when you don't start off the week very well and other people do. You're just behind all the way there. Well, it's but, exactly what you said as well, Dave. When you were saying about it's it's harder to, to pick your team based on the press conferences, it's because you had to lock that team in a week ahead. Mm-hmm. So people like Bowen that you thought had no chance of playing... If you could have, if you could have made those changes Saturday morning pre twelve thirty, you'd have probably found out that it, it was likely that Bowen was going to play. I, yeah. I, yeah, I know he didn't have a great game, but it just highlights your point. And there's another factor that we need to add in as well with those midweek games next week is that it's transfer deadline day, so you're going to see a bit of movement. I think um, there's some interesting players. One of the which, which I think is, or it looks like it's locked in. Is uh, Calvin Phillips going to West Ham? Okay, could be a cheap midfielder to come in, um, and it's where you see a lot of the maybe maybe not the top teams spending a lot of money. I know Spurs have already had a little bit of a dabble, um, but the teams at the bottom tend to spend money to help them with survival. So they tend to take loan players that aren't getting into those top six squads. So that'll be interesting to see who, who comes in there. So I'm guessing a lot of this especially with what you were highlighting around those week 25 and week 26, would your advice be to play your wild card heading into those games? 
depends which teams. It's always this is going to be the answer to every question. Is that it just depends? Um, it could be that you you load up your team. So let let's give let let me give you a couple of examples. It might be that you decide you don't fancy this particular double. So think of think from a Liverpool point of view. Mo Salah might be back around that point. He might play one of those two games in the double. Mm-hmm. In which case, it's a normal game week for him. It's just one fixture. So you might not rush to bring him back just for one fixture. Um, what that potentially means, though, is that he's going to replace a Liverpool player. So if you've got Jota in your in your team, Jota might only play one match as well if, if Salah comes back for the second game. Right. And therefore, it may not actually be worth investing in Liverpool, even though they've got a double game week. Um, outside of people like Trent, who are going to play every game, and Van Dijk maybe, may not actually be worth it because you you, you might only cumulatively get 90 minutes from, from one of those players across mm. those two games. And so the fact that Liverpool then have a blank game week the week after, it's not a problem because you haven't got any of their players anyway. You can just bench, if you've got Trent, say, you can just bench him. Um, this now, is really tough, imagine- though, this, this is a pivotal time for me. This is going to decide whether I finish 30th or 24th. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I need to make the right decisions. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Pete. Um, and to catch up in our head to head league as well, which obviously everybody nine is, points is, now, isn't it? Yeah, it's all everyone's talking about. Um, so you that's one potential thing. Uh, now this isn't where the FA Cup fixtures come in because, say, Man City get knocked out of the FA Cup, um, they then won't have a blank game week later on in the season and they will have a double. Uh, earlier on in the season, so they'll have one double in, in week twenty-five. So you're then picking pl- picking Man City players. They've got a catch-up a fixture, so they aren't going to have a blank then. And it means that you can then load up on Man City players and keep them in your team all the way through without worrying that you're going to have to sell them for for a, a minus four hit in order just to field a, a starting eleven. But then again, if, if they get through to the FA Cup quarterfinals, you're then going to have. Um, you're 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 going to have to basically take a either take some hits to get a starting starting eleven, um, and because you're going to have three players, that's your whole bench taken up. So you're going to have to move those players out. You're going to want them straight back. So it all depends on what happens. But what I what I think the most likely method, most likely route is going to be, is that people will go all in for week twenty five with all the with a couple of doubles, all the big teams doubling. Uh, they will have a really bad following week. They'll take the hit. They'll either, they will actually take maybe a minus eight or something just to get a playing 11. Or they'll say, you know what? Nine players is going to be good enough. The fixtures might not be particularly good anyway. And you just cross your fingers and hope the damage mm-hmm. isn't too bad. What they'll then do is say a lot of good premiership teams get through to the FA Cup quarterfinals. They'll do a free hit when it comes to the big blank game week, week 29, week 30. Um, and then they'll do a wild card straight after that. So there'll be a big double in week 34 and then a slightly smaller but still decent-sized double in week 37. So they're the best weeks to bench boost. But what you want to do is align your wild card and your bench boost very close to each other. So that way you've got 15 players that you know are going to be fit, you know they're not going to be suspended. The longer the gap between your wild card and your bench boost, the more risk that one or two of your players on the bench are not actually going to play. Yeah. So really you, also, you, you don't want expensive players sat on your bench, not only points when you could have invested that money elsewhere. So having having a bigger bench might mean that you don't have Salah or you don't have Haaland 
or you don't have De Bruyne, somebody like that, you're going to have to take a, make a compromise somewhere. And therefore, you want a bench boost and then be able to move those players on almost immediately. So it's very, very difficult to say that this is the best best route. But I imagine most people are going to take a free hit in, a, in that big blank game week. Most people are going to use their bench boost week 34, I'd say. And then you've got the triple captain as well, which is the least valuable chip. It, it's not particularly... It's not particularly great. If you because think about this, um, your bench boost. If you get a really good bench, you've got players that play twice in a game week. So you save it for a double. You've got an additional eight extra fixtures there on your bench, even just for playing. It's two points. So that's sixteen points immediately for those four players. Mm-hmm. If if you get returns from them, you could be looking at thirty to forty points off your bench, which is incredible. That'd yeah, be a great bench more than what I score in a normal game week. <laughs> so this, see, your whole your whole season could tra- could change just on this. Um, your captain points as well. One thing to highlight, and I think we we might have covered this in a previous podcast, but more often than not, people are going to put Salah and Haaland as that triple captain, and that's what most people are going to do, right? So there's no actual games yeah. really. Not really, because if you captain your, if you already captain those players. You only get an extra one set of points that comes with it. Yeah. Um, the, the triple captain is actually something that if you're chasing, which I am this year for the first time, uh, it might be worth saving it till later on in the season when everyone else has used theirs. Just just hope that the week that you decide not to triple captain when everyone else does, might be week 25, people might captain Haaland or De Bruyne that the damage isn't that big. Just make sure you captain that player and then you're only going to lose out on one extra set of points. But if you then triple captain a differential player, imagine if you triple captain Jota this week, mm-hmm. like you, you, you'd have made 19 points, but also because you, no one else has him, you'd actually would have made over 50 points just on that one player. So if yeah. you save it for a differential, you can actually turn your whole season around. And that's, that worked last year for a lot of people. Um, maybe that's maybe that's the thing that I do differently to try and make up the 50, 50 or so points that I am behind at the moment, just for something, something different. Yeah. yeah, maybe differential player like Son or De Bruyne or somebody like that. Well, you've interesting. You've, you've hit the nail on the head with what I was going to talk about next. Is I think one of my errors this week was I bought Harland in thinking that he was going to return. And it was actually De Bruyne that had the impact that I was hoping Haaland would. So if we if we focus on transfers this week, I, I think probably the top two transferred in going to be Haaland and Jota. Uh, I imagine it will be yeah. Uh, De Bruyne no, is sorry, De Bruyne, De Bruyne and Jota. De Bruyne, yeah, De Bruyne. So let's take <clears> a look. <throat> let's take a look. Top transfers in De Bruyne. Eight hundred and forty thousand at the moment, and is and that, that because is... of Salah as well? Do you think? Probably, yeah. Salah is the most transferred out player, but only about three hundred three hundred thirty thousand at the moment. So, I mean, we're we're four days before the deadline here, and yeah. De Bruyne has had nearly a million people brought him in. It's crazy still. Second, actually, is Palmer, two hundred thousand. I think if you've if you've not got Palmer yet, I think you you should probably you've been snoozing. Maybe, maybe look elsewhere. You've been snoozing big time on that one. I don't think I'd be that tempted to bring him in now either. Um, I, I don't think their fixtures are, are especially good for the next few games anyway. Uh, Ivan Tony, I think that's quite predictable. Given that Haaland hasn't been back yet, he's only just returned to trading. I can see why people might be bringing Tony in. For me, I just wanted to I wanted to wait and see what he was like. Brentford have been abysmal um, 
one of the reasons for that is because he hasn't been playing. But they've also they've also lost play, players like Visser, who's gone to Afghan, yeah. and he was he was he turned into a bit of their talisman before. Their defense is a bit weaker. I think they've had Rico Henry has been out for quite a while, and therefore the the people that create the chances for Tony are not there either. So I was just a little bit unsure as to whether or not he's going to be worth it or not. Well, it was a free kick as well, wasn't it? It wasn't like he tore the game apart and you know he was getting loads of chances. It was a it free was a kick where he moved. Did you see it? Good. Yeah, he picked the ball up, moved it, moved all of the foam around the ball as well. I mean, absolute, absolute shit bag. I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interestingly, the fourth most transfer player in is Pedro Porro. Not sure I really get that. Um, I think I'd be looking at a Man City defender, given that they've got a double game week coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, that be that should be a pretty safe bet, I think, as long as you're not planning to have three City attackers. Um, and then Jota is fifth, actually. That does surprise me because people usually do just knee-jerk reactions. But as you bring said, those players still in. four days, so that might still that might still go mm-hmm. up a little bit more. Yeah, SC Estepinion. Estepinion is a defender that I'd be bringing in. He's sick. I would not be bringing Pedro Porro in now. Um, and then yeah, Isaac and Gordon. And Isaac is a player that I did want to talk about because we we predicted about maybe six or seven game weeks ago. Isaac looked on form. He's got some nice fixtures coming up. What turned out to happen was that he got rotated through the good fixtures. Now that Callum Wilson's injured again, uh, Wilson's got a run in the team and he scored in each of the last three games. We sold him a couple of weeks ago. So we we got his bad run. We missed the good run. We should have just had a bit of patience. And we something I want to that. talk about, Dave, that maybe next season what we bring to the game is that we actually take our own advice. <laughs> yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah, I think literally the second I leave this call, everything that I've discussed with you just completely disappears from my head. Should we make an agreement then on what we're going to do this week? Like, mine is De Bruyne. Mine, mine is Sel Salah. If Haaland is fit, I will take a minus four to get Haaland back in. Okay? And I'll do that by selling Salah, selling Alvarez... And then bringing in somebody and Haaland. Not sure who I'll bring in yet. It might be Bowen. Uh, I, I can't afford it to be De Bruyne. I'm, I'm about 0.8 million short of that. So it's it's possibly going to be Jota. It's possibly going to be Bowen. I'm a bit more confident in Jota now because Salah's been ruled out for a few more weeks. So yeah. You no, know he's not going to play in Jota. Um, just it's, it, he is a, just a really good finisher. One one myth though with him is that. So Jamie Carragher said he was the best striker in the Premier League. He's the most clinical finisher. The stats don't actually uh, agree with that because Jota performs at what his expected goals level should be. Right. So he is a good striker, but he only scores the amount of goals that he's expected to score. You have somebody like Son, he continually scores more goals than what his expected goals are. So Son is a clinical finisher. Salah is a clinical finisher. Jota is just a good finisher. The good thing about Jota, though, is that he goal hangs. So he's just always there waiting for the ball to go in and tap it in. And that's why you want him in your team. See, I did think about bringing Jota in this week, even though in my head he already played for my side. Um, I've decided that I've, been, I've already got Haaland in, so he's he's primed and ready to go, even though he's still marked <laughs> as a yellow at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm finally ditching Saka. I can't, I can't deal with yeah. that. Yeah, he'll, he's not. He'll he's not worth it. Run, but um, I'm taking him out. And I'm bringing. <laughs> I'm bringing De Bruyne in. City have got City have got Burnley, haven't they? So 
yeah you've got yeah if you if you can make sure you've got your city players in and Harland, if he's going to play if he's if he's going to start which is probably not going to be that clear up until the deadline in fact it won't even be because the fixtures the next day after the deadline so we're probably not going to know um if we get any confirmation though that he's training properly and that he's in contention I might just take the hit to get him in straight away because you want him yeah. playing against Burnley. All right. Well, there'll be there'll be no podcast next week. Uh, Dave's going away on holiday, um, taking his phone so that he can still do his Afcon FPL. Um, good luck with that, Dave. Cheers. Uh, we have FA Cup and EFL fixtures, which is why there's no there's no game week. So the next one though is a midweek one, and the deadline is Tuesday at six pm. So make sure you get your transfers in prior to that. Or for me, that is uh, Wednesday morning at 2am. So it's going to be a tricky one. You'll just be falling out of a pub at that point, won't you? (laughs) Yeah. And therefore, I need to make my transfers early this week. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll just be... That's that's a win for me. We'll be having the same conversation next time. (laughs) 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 Well, we wish you well for the next game week and we'll talk to you probably in about a fortnight. Good luck. I've been Pete. I've been Dave.